Hello. Welcome back to Courtney Watches Movies, the podcast in which I, the titular Courtney, review, analyze, and most likely overthink movies and the filmmakers who bring them to life. I am glad you are here. I don't know if you need to know this, but every time that sound comes on, I do this little thing with my fingers like I'm playing it. It's so stupid, but I can't stop myself. It's turning into muscle memory. Just, I can't even do it. That's so sad. Anyway, how the heck are you today? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing stupendously. In fact, this is going to be, this is going to be a wild ride. I'm just going to be honest with you right now. We're talking about Don't Worry Darling, which has been, girl, the whole lead up to the release of this movie, what a flipping mess this has been for crying out loud. I, I, I kind of lost interest in seeing the movie due to the drama, to be honest. I mean, I still saw it because I see a lot of movies now, you know, trying to review as much as I can for the podcast. But I wasn't really looking forward to it just because of all of the insane behind-the-scenes stuff. And we will get to that. By the way, this is going to be a very spoiler-heavy review. I normally don't do that, but I'm just going to lay it all out there because I have a lot of thoughts. Okay? Okay. Just so we're all clear. Um, the official IMDb description of this film is a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. Okay. Rated R, directed by Olivia Wilde. She has been the source of a lot of the drama. And as I said, we'll get to that because I have thoughts. But first, the movie. So, Florence Pugh, who I, I do really like, I've never disliked her in anything. I think she really shines in the film she's in. I think I first took notice of her in Midsommar, which I understand that was probably late to the party, but that's, I haven't seen Lady Macbeth yet. Don't come at me. I, I'm trying to watch it, but that's when I first noticed her. And I think she's extremely skilled at very emotive acting. So I was looking forward to at least seeing what she would bring to the table. But Florence Pugh plays Alice. She's married to Harry Styles. Harry Styles. It's Jack. Jack works for a mysterious company called the Victory Project. They live in a planned community out in the middle of nowhere. I think it's probably just Palm Springs. That's what it's, it looked like to me. But I, I don't know. I'm not totally sure. But it looked like Palm Springs. But they live in this very idyllic, beautiful, gorgeous neighborhood with all of these lovely, perfect, mid-century modern homes. And all the wives stay home all day. Well, or they go shopping. Which they do that 1950s style of shopping where the women come out wearing the outfit. and then. It's, it's like you have your own fashion show every time you go shopping and you go, oh, I want that one, which that's what they always do in those old movies. That must have been what they used to do, man. That's cool. I would be like, what is this going to look? What is this going to look like on me? The problem is I'm shorter than a lot of people. So 
a lot of things that would look nice on a lot of a lot of ladies probably wouldn't work for me. But at any rate, it's the thought that counts, right? Well, she spends her day shopping and cleaning and cooking and vacuuming this beautiful little house. And she seems really happy until a a friend of hers, well, it's it seems like it's more like a former friend, Margaret, starts acting a little crazy, like, we're not supposed to be here, this place is wrong, you know, just kind of, just kind of doing her little freak out, and that's, and she's played by Kiki Lane, and she's just kind of trying to get all the other ladies to open their eyes to the real, the, the reality of their circumstances, right? And so there, the Victory Project is run by Chris Pine's character, Frank, and he is married to, I'm sorry, I don't know, I think she says Gemma, Gemma Chan's character, Shelly. And Frank is this larger-than-life charismatic figure who runs this victory project, which is, again, very mysterious. What All they tell their wives is that they work on progressive materials. So I think the trailer was trying to get you to think it was some sort of nuclear weapons sort of Manhattan Project light thing they were doing. But I had a feeling, just because I've seen a lot of movies, that that was not going to be the case, that that was a misdirect from the trailers, and that it turns out that I was correct. And by the way, I don't say that in like a braggy way. I've just seen too many movies. But, uh, oh, Alice. I almost said Florence, because <laughs> that's the actress's name. Florence's character, Alice, starts being really concerned about what this Margaret person is saying, and she sees Margaret get on top of her own roof and slit her throat, like, to kill herself. And men in red coats come and take Margaret away. And Alice is told, nope, she's fine. You didn't see anything. No worries. Nothing happened to her. She's great. And so this kind of sends Alice on down a rabbit hole of trying to figure out what the Victory Project is, where she's living. She starts realizing that most of the women have very similar backstories on how they met their husbands. It's like one of three stories. They honeymooned in one of three places. And they, 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 I don't even know how to describe it. it it's just like they, they all have the same background. Right off the bat, and this is where we get into spoiler territory, because you really can't avoid it. Right off the bat, I was like, okay, this is, they're the villaging us, okay? They are M. Night Shyamalaning us, and this is modern day. I could just tell. You didn't have to tell, I could just feel it, you know? Which turns out to be true. They are Shyamalaning us. This is set in the modern day, right? And as soon as you start putting those pieces together, there's about four or five different things that could have happened and one of the options is what they go with so to make a very long story short this is a simulation basically a virtual reality simulation and what has happened is the husbands of these women 
have chosen and paid to put themselves and their wives into this 1950s style simulation. So their real bodies are basically in a coma, a comatose state in our current day. And every day when the husbands go to work at the Victory Project, what they're really doing is waking up out of their comatose state and going to their real jobs to make enough money to keep themselves and their wives inside of this simulation. So, I know, and I knew going into it, this was going to be some kind of... It's obviously a feminist movie, right? Because, oh, all of these women just stay home all day and they they don't have jobs. They don't. And just knowing who Olivia Wilde is as a person, I knew that this was just going to be some kind of. Which, that in and of itself is really sad. Because Olivia Wilde has made herself such a persona already. And made her opinions so clear that you already know where her movies are going. Which I think is interesting. I've been thinking about this a lot because of the Queen of England recently passing. I don't know that there's a woman on this planet that was more famous and recognizable than the Queen of England. But she probably gave her personal opinion on something five times. In her entire, what was she, 96? Knight publicly gave her personal opinion nine, five times out of 96 years, if even that. And so I've been thinking about this a lot and just the nature of when you put yourself out to be a public figure and you make yourself extremely clear about where you stand on anything. It's kind of like we already know where anything you create or any of your art is going. And unfortunately, even if I had not heard a single word about this movie... I think I would have known it was directed by a woman, which I don't think is good. Now, you might you might disagree. You might think, oh, that's that's fine. We need we need more women directing movies. And that's that's your opinion. But I don't think that that's I don't know that that's a great sign. I don't know. I'm not feeling like that's a good thing. But it turns out that in the real world. Alice was basically, I think, a surgical resident, and she worked super long hours in the OR, 30-hour shifts, six hours off, and then back on again, which I don't even know if that's real. Maybe if you're a resident. And the other thing that seemed really far-fetched was in her in her real in the real world, Harry Styles character Jack has lost his job. And she, they're barely making ends meet. And she's a surgeon? Maybe it's just because she's a resident, but I thought that was strange. That they're having all these struggles and she's a literal surgeon. So, I don't know. It's probably just a resident thing. But at any rate, so in the real world, Jack stumbles across this brand new technology, this brand new concept of the Victory Project. He clearly applies for the two of them to be a part of it. He basically just knocks her out one day, hooks her up to the VR, and 
there they go. They are living in 1950s America. Well, a version of it, right? So definitely, definitely the, the crux of the matter is that the, the message is that it's wrong that the gentleman made the decision for the ladies, which is obviously true. They shouldn't have knocked, like, this is simple stuff. Obviously, they shouldn't have knocked their wives out and put them against their will into a virtual reality world without even discussing it. Obviously, that's stupid. And that is a bad idea. But here's where I think the movie went wrong. I don't think it's doing what it thinks it's doing. Because the real world sequences where Alice is an, is an OR resident look miserable. They look terrible. I I wanted to live in the Victory Project simulation. I'm like, where do I get the, where do I get the cool 50s car and the glorious mid-century modern like Rock Hudson Doris Day movie house. So I'm not sure if they were purposely making it seem so appealing, but they did. And I just came away from the movie thinking, you know, you know I'm driving home and I drove past this ridiculous god-awful construction for the extension of a light rail which has led to a lot of crime and drugs and I it's getting extended further out of the city right and I'm looking at it and I know that it it's gonna inevitably lead to some unfortunate tomfoolery in that area and I was literally thinking boy does that idyllic world look nice even though it's not real so I just don't think I don't think they made a good argument like oh these women are so unhappy they're trapped in these lives are they though they have parties all the time literally all the time they drink constantly which I don't agree with and I think I, I was initially wondering oh is this gonna be really really clever and subversive and maybe they're before the VR part was revealed, I was going, oh, maybe they're going to be really clever about this. And this is some kind of statement on how easy these women are to drug and, and, and you know, slip hallucinogens or brainwash due to their drinking habits. You know what I mean? I was on some crazy stuff. I was like, maybe this is about wine mom culture, you know? But obviously, uh, I think we all know that's Olivia Wilde is not, <laughs> she's not that, uh, she's safe subversive, you know what I mean? Approved by the message subversive, right? So, I just, I, I really didn't like this. I, I, I wanted it to be over, honestly. That's the truth. I kept thinking, oh my gosh, this is dragging on and on and on. And then we got out of the movie and it was, I mean, maybe two hours tops. And it felt at least two and a half. There's all of these little moments and plot threads that go nowhere and seem to lead to nothing. And there's, there's 
third act, like deus ex machinas that just come out of no, like, it's so weird. It's so weird. And what's, what's unfortunate is you keep getting the feeling that everybody involved thought they were really doing something. They thought they were really making a masterpiece. This, you know, instant feminist classic that really had something to say. And I just didn't, it was not connecting for me. And I feel like I say that all the time, but I, that's what I look for in a movie. Just something that compels me to, to be invested in the world. And I just wasn't. And even as Florence Pugh's Alice is going through all of these experiences that are, I guess, I guess they'd be maybe a glitch in the matrix for lack of a better term. You don't, I don't know. I just wasn't moved by the mystery. I was like, I don't care why the eggs don't have yolks in them. And to be honest, I think a lot of scenes were filmed purely for the trailer. And they were left in the movie purely for money shots for the trailer. I, I honestly do. I, I am, I would bet money because they don't lend anything to the story. And the other thing is, it's possible that the movie as a whole could have been more compelling if they had shown more of the any other character, really. And that's not anything against Florence Pugh. She is really talented, as I said. But it's just a, it's basically an hour and 45 minutes of watching strange stuff happen to Florence Pugh and her aimlessly trying to figure out what's happening. And I I don't even think she is a good enough actress to pull that off, honestly. And that's saying a lot cuz she's great. Harry Styles he's not atrocious, but he's not great. He's very middling, very neutral, which I guess suits the movie because it's not here's the thing the visuals are amazing it has the... it was shot by that really really skilled cinematographer let me see if i can find his name because he's he does a lot of cool stuff isn't his last name like libertike or something like that anyway oh matthew matthew libertique I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. Anyway, he has a really interesting film filmography. So the visuals are beautiful. The aesthetic is beautiful. The costumes are amazing. Just the way it looks is amazing. I like the color grading. I liked a lot of the framing. Although I will say uh, the spinning cameras were a little much. If you struggle with motion sickness, probably probably need to close your eyes a few times. Although I don't know that this one's worth seeing, <laughs> but at any rate, as Alice figures out that she is in a simulation, she kills Jack, her husband, and which turns out, with no hint of this prior, they just drop it on you that if you die in the simulation, you die in real life. And it's very, oh major major exposition and or no what is it from austin powers basil exposition it's just this silly word dump of like oh yeah and by the way 
if you die here, you die in the real world. They're going to kill your real body. And so she has to escape. She has to escape the virtual world of the Victory Project. There's this extremely anticlimactic moment where Chris Pine, who's been set up as the villain of this whole, the orchestrator of this whole project, he's the one that came up with the concept. He's the one that get that all the gentlemen pay. And so he's obviously been the big, big bad this whole time. And near the end of the movie, his wife randomly stabs him. And then that's the end of that. It's so abrupt. It just falls apart. And, it, and it's not even like it was super held together before the last 15 minutes. But the last 15 minutes are atrocious. And they're so... I literally just wanted it to be over. And that is unfortunate. Because, yeah, visually it's great. But a lot, you know what I'm realizing? A lot of movies are visually great. They are. Especially if they have a certain budget. But that can't overcome a ridiculous script or story. You know? And I didn't realize that until I started this podcast. I don't think I fully grasped that. But boy do I get it now. So... Unfortunately, just not into it at all. I didn't really care about what happened to the characters. I just, I, I feel bad, but for me, this one just didn't, didn't work. Which leads me to the behind the scenes drama, because now I'm thinking, did they know maybe the movie was a little bit weak and so they manufactured all this stuff? You know, I don't think so, but it's, it's worth considering because it's really, I, it's just subpar. And I kept thinking, cause I, if, for those of you who don't know, very, very famously, Olivia Wilde had said she fired Shia LaBeouf from the role of Jack because it was making Florence Pugh uncomfortable and, you know, Shia LaBeouf has his own set of issues. He's, he's a, he appears to be a damaged person, which Hollywood is full of, but he's definitely, he has had complaints from his co-stars about his behavior in the past. So that part I'm very aware of. I'm not discounting that. The problem came when Shia LaBeouf then said that it's not what happened. I, ch- I chose to quit. Because you didn't give us enough rehearsal time. And then Shia LaBeouf released the video of Olivia Wilde. Uh, it sure appeared begging him not to quit. And that she, speaking pretty derogatorily about Florence Pugh. Calling her Miss Flo. All that stuff. There's just been a lot of drama. And here's my, here's my problem. Olivia Wilde. Girl, this is your second movie. You've ever directed. Ever. The degree to which you've been, at the very least, unkind to your stars? Are, do you think you're like a grizzled veteran? That, that can, oh, and not only that, but a grizzled veteran that lives in a time before everybody had a camera phone and could hold people accountable? With their own direct actions. Like this is. 
weird Stanley Kubrick stuff to hassle your your actors. I don't know. She's I don't I don't understand where this sense of entitlement is coming from as if she she had one movie that did pretty well for its budget. So to act like she can be some James Cameron type overlord is preposterous. And this is this is this is what bothers me because I've seen interviews with her lately where she's saying unfortunately as so many women do that if she were a man she wouldn't be getting this kind of criticism. Okay. I don't think that would be true. But this is this is what the issue is. It's it's like are, okay. Are you going to set yourself up as a woman director or as a director who can take critique? Because it just happens so often that women who are in cre- in any position of power, any criticism of them is sexism in their minds. And I don't I don't understand how you can reconcile that with simultaneously a desire to be taken seriously. You know who gets relentlessly critiqued all the time? And uh, uh, to be frank, with good reason? David O. Russell. Like I said, James Cameron. For the love of God, Roman Polanski. Now, she I'm not suggesting she did anything as bad as Roman Polanski, obviously. I'm just saying I don't agree with her point that she would not be receiving this criticism were she a man. I think male directors receive plenty of criticism. Especially when they treat performers poorly. Especially. So, it's not a compelling argument to me to go, I I guess she was on Stephen Colbert, going, I don't think that male directors get asked about their actors in this way and of course Stephen Colbert you know like a trained seal was like no they're probably not well how many male directors are making the rounds on late night chat shows like they're trying to be the star I just this argument is so circular and I'm not her I don't know her I'm not her friend I don't really care what happens to her in that way but it does appear she just keeps digging herself into a hole and again I cannot stress this enough having one movie under your belt before this that did pretty well that does not equal carte blanche to act like a nutcase to your performers and give crazy sound bites and interviews after the fact. And here's the other thing. I don't know if this is true, but well, it is true that she and Harry Styles have had a relationship since filming this movie, but multiple people on the set said she brought her long-term partner, Jason Sudeikis and their kids to the set and introduce them to everybody like this is my family. So in the event she did start an onset affair with, by the way, an employee 
because what are actors to directors and producers if not employees if it's true that she did start an onset affair with an employee cheating on her her long-term partner that would make me uncomfortable if I were an actor on that set like that's not it's not far-fetched to go oh yeah that's probably weird I don't I'm and I'm talking from Florence Pugh's perspective that it's not far-fetched to go you know what I don't really want to be her friend I don't think I don't agree with her her personal moral ethical choices that's not that that's not outrageous to go you know I'm only going to attend the premiere I'm not going to do any extra press if you had a bad work experience I could see why you would only do the bare minimum that you were contractually obligated to do after the fact. You know what? That job is over. I'm going to do the one last thing I have to do, and then I'm going to put this chapter behind me. To me, that makes a lot of sense. And again, all of this is conjecture, but it's really not. From the way that all of the involved parties have behaved, it's pretty clear that some not fun stuff went down on that set and that there's ill feeling between several people involved. So I don't know if they drummed all this up because they knew they delivered a middling movie and they wanted it to get attention, but if so, that's pretty lame. And if it's all real, that's kind of worse. I don't know. I, I This whole thing, I, I didn't have a very strong opinion on Olivia Wilde before now. But other than a vague idea that we probably wouldn't be very good friends in real life. But now I just, I'm really struck by her unprofessionalism and the way she just keeps digging herself in deeper every time she talks about this it's it's pretty amazing and again to go back to the to the queen elizabeth of it all i think about for instance i tend to really enjoy christopher nolan films i think he has a cool vision and he makes interesting movies i'm really looking forward to his oppenheimer film next year i don't know what christopher nolan thinks about anything I genuinely don't. And I think it's probably because he's trying not to alienate people. And that's fair. In his professional context. So I just keep thinking about that. And I guess I would just ask her, do you want to be a star in a tabloid fixture? Or do you want to be a serious filmmaker? I don't know that you can be both. I don't know, you guys. I did not like this. Um, I'm not going to recommend it to people other than, as I said, the aesthetics of it. Matthew Libertique is a great cinematographer. He has an interesting, he's an interesting way and on that level, it's good, but I, I'm not going to recommend it to people. I, I think it will probably do okay due to the Harry Styles effect, which you know, I didn't really realize how intensely people felt about him. But last night, when I was at the pre-screening, 
there was a pretty large group of teenage girls watching. And I thought about it and I was like, I'll bet they're here for Harry Styles. Which is such a strange thought to me. But obviously for a certain age demographic, he's huge. You know? So... I'm sorry. I I don't I don't have a I don't have a good taste in my mouth about this. I I don't know how many more. I mean, just Hollywood being the way it is, she probably will get another chance. But I have the feeling Olivia Wilde is on thin ice. Especially if it's true that she lied about firing Shia LaBeouf and then apparently spoke disparagingly about Florence to Shia, just all this stuff. Oh, and the other thing is, Shia's messiness aside, I do think he would have been better in the Jack role. Because it, as it is with Harry Styles in it, like I said, he's not bad, but he's just, he's nothing. Like, the whole character feels like he's barely a factor. And I think Shia would have brought some life and some depth to that. Also, I am very pro-redemption arc, and I hope that Shia is able to find healing from his substance abuse issues. I think he's working on it, find healing from his anger issues. I genuinely hope that's true, and I also genuinely hope that Olivia Wilde is able to find healing and redemption from her tendency toward extreme condescension and arrogance and entitlement. So that might be a little sassy, but that's how I feel. I'm giving it a 5 out of 10. I hope you have an excellent day. That's all I got. Don't worry, darling. <laughs>